What's the first thing you do if you feel an ache or pain? Most of us go right to our medicine cabinet and reach for the trusted bottle of Tylenol. After a few minutes, we feel better and can continue our day. But for seven people in Chicago in 1982, taking a few Tylenol capsules would be the beginning of their quick and mysterious death. During the 1980s, Chicago had a safe atmosphere and people looked out for one another. It was a city where some didn't even lock their doors and trust was given with no need to be earned. That was until September 29, 1982, when the city, the country, and the lives of consumers would be changed forever when a domestic terrorist poisoned multiple packs of extra-strength Tylenol. The first victim was only 12, and her name was Mary Ann Kellerman. She woke up at 6.30 that morning to get ready for school, complaining to her father of a headache. He instructed her to take a couple Tylenol and believe she'd feel better and be on her way to school. A few minutes later, her father heard a heavy thud from the bathroom and ran in to check on his daughter. At first, the door was blocked by Mary as she laid unresponsive on the floor. But he managed to get in and immediately called the ambulance. Mary was awake but unable to speak. Her eyes were open, but she stared unfocused straight ahead. Paramedics arrived and tried everything they knew in an attempt to resuscitate her, but they were unsuccessful. They quickly rushed her to the hospital, and by the time they arrived, Mary had gone into full cardiac arrest. By 10 a.m., Mary was pronounced dead just three hours after she'd taken the Tylenol. A young girl who'd spent her free time babysitting, horseback riding, and helping in her community was gone without any explanation. Unfortunately, that would only be the beginning of their deaths that quickly turned the city on its head. Only one hour after Mary's death, a 27-year-old man named Adam Janis was sped to the hospital. Adam was from Poland and moved to Chicago with his family as a child. He worked at the post office and had one daughter with his wife, Teresa. He had felt bad the night before on September 28th and decided to take the following day off of work. On September 29th, he went with his family to a local drugstore and bought a bottle of extra-strength Tylenol. Once they returned home, Adam put away the groceries and took two pills from the new bottle. Within minutes, he walked to his wife, clutching his chest, saying that he was in pain. He made it to his bed, and then Teresa noticed that his breathing became labored and that his eyes were unfocused, staring straight ahead. She opened a nearby window and yelled out to two neighbors for help. Two ladies came running over. One was a nurse, and she began trying to help Adam while the other called paramedics. Adam was rushed to a hospital, but it was too late. He was pronounced dead at 3.15 p.m., believed by medical professionals that Adam had had a heart attack. Only a half an hour would pass before 30-year-old Mary Lynn Rayner was also rushed to the hospital. Mary had recently given birth to her fourth child. She called a doctor that day about a headache and discomfort, and he told her to take an over-the-counter painkiller. She then went to the pharmacy and bought a bottle of Tylenol, taking two as soon as she got home. 
Immediately, she collapsed on the floor and began seizing while her husband called paramedics. Mary was quickly taken to the hospital and placed on life support before dying shortly after. The following two victims were the brother and sister-in-law of Adam, Stanley Janis, age 25, and Terry Janis, age 19. They'd been married for three months and had recently bought a home together. Both were at the hospital and decided to go back to Adam's house to grieve, an attempt to wrap their heads around what had happened. Their grief over the sudden loss of a brother left the couple in tears and eventually with a headache. Stanley saw the still-open bottle of Tylenol on the counter, and he and his wife, Terry, took two. Again, within minutes, Stanley was gripping his chest and having difficulty breathing. He then collapsed, and Terry began doing the same thing before anyone could even react. They were both taken to the hospital, and paramedics warned the medical team that there must be something wrong at the house and prepared rooms for the rest of the family. Even the first responders who had worked on Adam, and now Stanley and Terry, were asking to be put in quarantine out of fear. When I'm short on time, the last thing that I want to do is cook a giant meal. But I also want to eat healthy and stay on track. With Factor, I get delicious, ready-to-eat meals that make my day so much easier. Factor meals are delivered right to my door, and I have over 35 different options every week to choose from, including keto, calorie-smart, vegan, and veggie, and more. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that make my week even more delicious. So what are you waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals that are ready to go. There's snacks, smoothies, and more. Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, upscale options done easy. Factor's restaurant-quality meals are done in two minutes. You just heat it up and you eat it. No more frozen meals. Everything that Factor gives you is completely fresh and it's completely flexible for your schedule. You can get as much or as little as you need by choosing six to 18 meals per week. And you can pause or reschedule deliveries at any time. Head to factormeals.com hidden50 and use code hidden50 to get 50% off your first box and two free wellness shots per box while the subscription is active. That's code HIDDEN50 at factormeals.com slash hidden50 to get 50% off your first box and two free wellness shots per box while your subscription is active. At the same time across the city, the sixth victim was being rushed to the hospital with the same symptoms. A 31-year-old woman named Mary McFarlane the single mother of two boys. She was at work on the evening of September 29th and began developing a migraine from constantly flickering fluorescent lights. While on her break, she went to grab a few Tylenol from her handbag. Within 10 minutes, she went back to the break room and collapsed. Her co-worker called out for help, and Mary was then taken to the hospital after paramedics realized they couldn't help her. They believed that she was suffering from a stroke. Both Mary McFarlane and Stanley Janis would die within moments of each other at separate hospitals. 
on October 1st, Teresa Janis was pronounced brain dead and taken off life support. Unfortunately, there was still another victim, a 35-year-old flight attendant named Paula Prince. Paula had just returned from working a flight in Las Vegas and had made plans to meet with a friend over a drink later that night. On her way home, she stopped by Walgreens for a bottle of Tylenol. She returned to her condo and began her before-bed routine. While removing her makeup, Paula remembered the bottle of Tylenol and stopped to take one. Instantly, she began to feel sick and made her way onto the bed before dying shortly after. It didn't take long for investigators to begin fitting the puzzle pieces together over what was causing all of these similar deaths. A nurse who had worked on Adam, Stanley, and Terry realized that the only similarity in their day leading up to the hospital was the Tylenol. She managed to get a hold of the bottle and took it to an investigator. Shortly after, Mary Kellerman's bottle of Tylenol was also acquired, and an investigator realized that both bottles had the same control number. Luckily enough, when he smelled them, he noticed a bitter almond scent a clear indicator of cyanide. Cyanide inhibits a body's ability to use oxygen. When the capsules were all examined, it was determined that they were laced with enough of the poison to kill thousands of people. After toxicology results came in from the victims, cyanide was found to be the culprit. Immediately, a press conference was held to warn the public about taking Tylenol, creating citywide panic as well as the most extensive product recall of that time. Johnson & Johnson, the manufacturers of Tylenol, quickly began looking for the source of the poisoning. It was determined that all the contaminated bottles had been altered after they left the factory and were out for distribution. At that time, the only safety precaution on some medicine bottles was a childproof cap. It would have been easy for somebody to open a bottle, alter the medicine, and put the cap back on without it being noticed. Bottles of Tylenol were all removed from every shelf in the city, and police was going door-to-door to inform everyone they could of the danger. What had been the number one selling over-the-counter pain reliever was discarded and avoided like the plague. Over 31 million bottles of Tylenol were removed, resulting in a loss of over $100 million in sales. Soon, the sale of Tylenol was banned in the state, with several others following suit. A task force of over 150 people was assembled to try and find out who did this and why this was all happening. On October 6, 1982, Johnson & Johnson received a letter demanding $1 million be deposited into a bank account listed on the letter. Police were able to track down the author, Frederick McCakey, using the postage stamp from his business. After he was taken in for questioning, it was discovered that he didn't write the letter. It was written by two disgruntled former employees of his, James and Leanne Lewis. The pair were found in New York, and shortly after... James admitted that he had written the extortion letter with the hopes of Frederick being investigated, but said that he didn't tamper with the Tylenol. 
He was found not guilty of tampering, but still received over 20 years in prison for the attempted extortion and wasting resources from the investigation. Throughout the year, the investigation went nowhere. Over 15,000 pages of documents were gathered, 400 people were interviewed, and 1.5 million bottles of Tylenol were tested, finding a total of 10 bottles that had been laced with poison. Two months after the first victim had died, Tylenol was back on the shelves. Johnson & Johnson invested millions in ads, reassuring consumers that it was now safer than ever with a new invention of tamper-proof packaging. Now, bottles of Tylenol have the tamper-proof packaging that we're used to today. Glued boxes, plastic wrap around the caps, and a foil seal. Setting the standard for all medication and even food in the future. The Federal Anti-Tampering Act, also called the Tylenol Law, was enacted, making it an offense to tamper with consumer products or to engage in related conduct. Now, we wouldn't buy anything that didn't have a safety seal on it. All because of some mysterious killer and the poison that was hidden in bottles of Tylenol. I'm Kristen Seavey, and thank you for joining me down the hidden staircase.